if you knew you only had seven days to live on this planet, 168 hours, what would you do? And be very visual. What would you do? You know, I would uh, call my friends or I would record videos for my, my kids and my grandkids and my great grandkids so they knew who I was and what I stand for and what I stand against. And, you know, why, you know, I would do all these things. You know, what would I do? Because that's what you should be trying to do now. Create that right? Create the, where that can become a reality for you. And if your business isn't on a path to creating that, well, there's the gap. Here's where I am. This is what perfection looks like. And right in the middle is where all the magic happens. How can I start creating a situation where I can live my perfect day? Welcome to Investing in the US, a podcast for real estate investors, business owners, and aspiring entrepreneurs looking to break into the US market. Join Reid as he interviews go-getters, risk-takers, and the best in the business about their journey towards financial freedom and the sheer joy of creating something from nothing. G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the US podcast from Los Angeles. I'm your host, Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now, I'm glad that you've all tuned in to learn from my incredible guests, and each and every one of them are the cream of the crop here in the United States when it comes to real estate investing, business investing, and entrepreneurship. Each show, I try and tease out their incredible stories of how they have successfully created their businesses here in the US, how they've created financial freedom massive amounts of cash flow and ultimately create extraordinary lives for themselves and their families. Life by design, as I like to say. Hopefully, these guests will inspire all of my cracking listeners, which are you guys, to get off the couch and go and take massive amounts of action. If these guys can do it, so can you. Now, as you know, I'm all about sharing the knowledge with my loyal listeners, which is you guys, and there's absolutely no BS on this show, just straight into the nuts and bolts. Now, if you do like this show, the easiest way to give back is to give us a review on iTunes and you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter by searching at Reed Goosens. You can find the show wherever you podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Google Play, but you can also find these episodes up on my YouTube channel. So head over to reedgoosens.com, click on the video link and it will take you to the video recordings of these podcasts where you can see my ugly mug but the beautiful faces of my guests each and every week. All right, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show. Today on the show, the pleasure of speaking with Kent Clothier. Kent is the CEO of The Real Estate Worldwide, a software training company for real estate investors, and he's a founder of Boardroom Mastermind, the most elite real estate investor networking group in the country. He has flipped thousands of homes over the last 15 years and has helped tens of thousands of people learn how to do the same. He's passionate about teaching what he's learned in simple ways so that it can easily for anyone to connect the dots. As a husband and proud father of three amazing kids, Kent has built an ultimate life for himself and his family. To top it all off, he's recently published a really great book called This Shit Works. The book is a mix of Kent's stories and the lessons he's learned over the years. He lays out three incredible proven strategies for consistently generating income in today's real estate market. I'm really pumped and excited to have him on the show today, but enough of him. Let's get him out of here. G'day, Kent. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing today, mate? I'm doing great, brother. Glad to be here. Mate, well, it's been a long time coming. I have, uh, I remember back in the day, I don't know where I was, but I saw you and your brother on stage probably when I first moved to the United States way back in, uh, 
Actually, when I first moved to LA, I went. Well, I think it was at a networking event. I saw you and your brother. I know you're in the uh, the turnkey space, so it's uh, really awesome to have you on the show, mate. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of what you do, let's rewind the clock and uh, tell me how you made your first ever dollar as a kid. My first ever dollar was probably <clears throat> I was raised uh, in an entrepreneurial family, and so I my father owned grocery stores and convenience stores when I was a kid, and I can remember working in those stores for him, kind of uh, growing up in that business. And so I'd have to say the first dollar I ever made was most likely right there, right on the front lines, kind of working side by side with my dad when I was probably I don't know, 11 or 12 years old. Right. Awesome. And, and walk us through the journey of what you've built, because for those people who don't know who you are, you do have a pretty big following in the you know, turnkey space, uh, you and your brother, actually. And so maybe walk us through those journeys to get to where you have today, because obviously it didn't happen overnight. Yeah. So as I said, you know, I was, I was raised in this grocery industry. And when I was 17, my father and I started a business that was um, kind of an offshoot of that business. Uh, where we were buying and selling truckloads of groceries, uh, kind of out the back door of uh, most of the largest, you know, the larger retailers and wholesalers in the country. So what most people don't realize, you know, I'm sitting here drinking a Fiji water, most people don't realize that this bottle of Fiji water, uh, that little 10 digit code on the bottom of it, little UPC code, basically that signifies that that bottle of water is exactly the same everywhere it's sold, you know, in the, or in the world. But what is different is the manufacturer sells it for different prices all over the world. And so we kind of stumbled into an industry where we could buy truckloads of groceries um, in one market, turn around and, you know, a single item at a time, turn around and put them on a truck and ship them to another part of the country where they weren't being sold at a discount and kind of make that spread, right? We would, uh, we would pay for the shipping. But outside of that, we weren't manufacturing anything, we weren't making anything. We were just buying surplus inventory or discounted inventory in one market and shipping it to another. And that little business that we started when I was 17, by the time I was 23, I was running a, you know, business that was doing the better part of $50 million a year. By the time wow. I was 27, uh, a much larger competitor came in into Memphis, Tennessee, where we were located and, you know, moved me and my family or my wife down to Boca Raton, Florida, and effectively threw me the keys to this $800 million a year company. And, so by the time I was 30, I was sitting here running a $1.8 billion a year organization, um, you know, seventh largest privately held company in the state of Florida doing hundreds of millions of dollars every single month. And it was a, you know, it was a heck of a ride getting, getting to that place. Now, how I eventually arrived at real estate is that uh, I left that uh, organization in 2000, got a little run in with my, my partners at the time and decided I was going to walk out of there in a huff and decided I was done. Um, and I was going to go build my own company, rebuild my own company in spite of them. And as fate would have it, uh, there was something else in store for me. And what else was in store is that I needed to go through and basically lose everything I'd ever worked for over the course of about two years. Um, it basically, you know, I'd been raised in an industry. I knew everything about this one particular industry. I'd helped create the industry, um, doing billions of dollars a year. And if you can imagine <clears throat> being at the highest mountain, the highest peak there, and losing everything over a two-year period was extremely humbling. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. It was a really, really powerful moment in my life and, and was uh, heartbreaking. Uh, lost everything. Lost, you know, family, friends, relationships, the whole way down. But ultimately, I got to rock bottom and kind of turned to, you know, real estate because I had nowhere else to turn. Uh, I didn't know any, I didn't know how to do anything. And 
was a product of one of those late night infomercials. Guys talk about how you come flip houses with no money and no credit and all that kind of good stuff. And I, and I'm, you know, I, I, I bet. And, uh, I went down there and figured out real quick that what they were actually doing was flipping contracts on houses. They were getting properties under contract and turn around and flipping those contracts without ever closing on a deal, which is something that kind of spoke to me because it's very similar for in my previous business. Um, and you know, one thing led to another before you knew it, I was flipping hundreds of houses a year, um, you know, back on top, doing very, very well, turned it into a big business, partnered with my brother and my father and turned it into a turnkey business that, you know, as you mentioned earlier, still flips 800 properties a year right now, uh, is now done all close to 7,500 transactions. And then ultimately led me to a path where I get the opportunity to sit here and teach people how to do the thing that I'm you know, so excited about is showing people how to kind of unlock their potential, whether that's in real estate or whatever, ultimately, you know, letting people know that entrepreneurship is something that they can, uh, they can really excel at and They have the right tools, right training, right people in their, in their corner. That's an incredible story. And just before we keep going, I want to just rewind back. What is it like to flip out of a business and get to rock bottom? And, and, and what were some of the biggest lessons you took away from that? Because that seems like such a pivotal time in your life. Yeah, it was devastating. I mean, like I said, it was, you know, when you're in it, it's very hard to appreciate the value of it. You know, it was pure and utter desperation. It was the you know, just wanting the pain to stop. I don't mind telling you, I've shared this with others, so I'll share it with you that at that point, I mean, I was, I was absolutely suicidal. I mean, I was one of these guys that was, I didn't, I wanted it all to stop. I had lost everything. I could not, you know, I couldn't lose any more than I'd already lost. I was now divorced. Hmm. Um, all of my friends, all of my friendships, all of my associations were all tied up inside of that business because when you pour yourself into a business like I had, right, every fiber, every moment, every opportunity, that I had, uh, I, w- I was in the inside of that business, every relationship I had. And so when all of that is gone uh, and you're kind of left there shattered and beaten and bruised, it's, it's a, a really, really challenging place to be. Now, I'm extremely lucky because getting in that place, uh, and like I said, hitting a place where out of desperation I had to do something else, it kind of it, it put me into a headspace where I had no options, right? And I think that's extremely powerful as an entrepreneur. I try to revisit that moment as often as I can when, because I think some of the best decisions are made when you don't feel like you can go backwards and go rely on anything that feels safe or secure or anything. When you have to move ahead, you have to persevere. Those are, those are really powerful emotions to tap into. So answering your question, I think that learning that I have survived 100% of my worst days and that there's nothing's going to kill me inside a business. I'm going to be able to, I will figure it out. That's a really, really valuable lesson to learn as an entrepreneur. Uh, learning that the value of what is most important, that uh, time and family are the most important things. Money is a byproduct of both of those. That um, never get lost inside of a business to where you're so consumed with it as oftentimes I find a lot of, especially in men, we con ourselves into believing, well, I'm building this and I'm sacrificing all this time and you know, all these things away from my family and I'm doing it for them which mm. is the biggest con job in the, out there, right? Because I promise you, your kids, your wife, your significant, significant other, when it bo- they will not sit there and say, well, you know, dad, you know, if you're on your deathbed, they're not going to sit there and say, dad was really great because he went out and built businesses. They're just not going to do that. They're going right. to say, dad was great because he spent time with me, right? He showed me this. He showed me that. He invested time with me. So understanding that that is really what matters and that you can have both 
that you can build a business, you can build a life, you can leave a legacy, you can create impact in the world, you can do all the things that matter if you're disciplined. Those are really valuable lessons. I didn't have those lessons the first go around. I was, uh, I was consumed with being the best and that came at all costs. And I have learned to, that there are levels to this and that you do not have to sacrifice who you are at your core in order to become somebody that you won't even recognize. And, and I don't want to pry too much into it, but it like, it seems a lot of this, you, you mentioned men and, and men is, you know, very synonymous with, with, with ego. Right. And, and mm-hmm. so what was, did you have any times where you stopped and said, these are the three things I've got to move away from, or, or was it a proof that I, you could build it and build a big company and that you invested and you were so um, identified with this company and now it wasn't there that you, you were shattered and you're feeling empty. And again, back no, to no, the, the ding on the, kind of all the it, it was all of the above. Clearly my, my self-worth was 100% tied up inside of this organization that I've built since I was a kid for right. sure. Right. Without question. Right. I mean, um, it's, it would be the equivalent of, if, you know, if you'd spent, think about what, what you experience between the ages of 17 to 30, right. Whether that's going to, to college or, uh, new relationships or getting married or kid, all these things, right. And if all of the things that you had invested in from 17 to 30 were suddenly all of them, uh, yanked away from you and you had to, rebuild yourself from the ground up, not only personally, but professionally, you can imagine how, how dramatic that would feel. Mm. And, and doing, and not then couple that with that in that process of losing those things, you had done it so publicly inside of an industry. And then so profoundly, you had been at the very, very top of the ladder. So you were the guy, the star, the star of the show. And everybody loves a good you know, everybody loves a good train wreck. So all of that compounded all the way down. I mean, thank God there wasn't social media back then, but all of that tumbling, tumbling down the hillside uh, and figuring out real quick who your friends are, more importantly, who your enemies are. All of that was a, that's a lot. That's a lot. There's a lot of people that right now they're going through, you know, some form of desperation because of maybe they've got a business that's suffering because of COVID or they've got, they've recently lost a job or whatever the case may be. All of those things all wrapped up uh, and then times 10 was, was, you know, what I can tell you that not only had I lost my job, but I lost my family. I lost my, my identity, my self-worth, my pride, my ego, everything that I had placed a value on was suddenly what I figured out was worthless. Mm. Uh, and then not having gone to college, not having ever had a job, not having a resume, not knowing where to turn, not having, you know, all my experience was tied up in something else feeling like uh, you had no place to turn was a really, really challenging situation. Now, I say all that, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me, right? Mm -hmm. It was exactly what I needed at that point in my life. I didn't know that then. Uh, But, you know, I was the guy at the time that um, all of the success of that business was because of me. All you had to do was ask me, right? I was that guy. I was the guy that, you know, I believed every, every news clipping about me, every, everything that was written that was glowing about me, I completely believed it. And so I needed to be humble. I needed to suffer. I needed to understand what it looked like to uh, rebuild. I didn't know I needed it, but um, it was the best medicine that I've ever, I've ever received because I'm a much better man today, a much better father, a much better leader, a much better husband having gone through all of those experiences, you could, that's the best education you could ever have. You know, I'm lucky that it happened to me at such a young age. I mean, all this happened to me when I was 30 years old. 
such a young age that I had plenty of life ahead of me to go and, you know, get a second lease on life and, you know, get remarried and, and have two amazing daughters that I pour myself into and, you know, get the opportunity to rebuild businesses and have, you know, followings by millions of people. Now, all that stuff is a product of because of what happened there. Right. Uh, right. If I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't be appreciative of anything I have today. That's, and that's so powerful, right? I interview so many people on this show where they have the pillar is the main pillar in life is supported by their business. And when the business doesn't go away, when it goes away, they don't have anything else to support them. Family, love, wealth, health, all that stuff. It's so important. And when you go through a tragedy in life, whether it's through personal loss, whether it's through a loss of a business like that, it creates a callus on your hand that you can't describe. And it, puts you in such a better headspace to know what you need to change to move forward. So in that saying that, what did you change when you pivoted with your brother and your dad into the house flipping business? What did you do differently? Well, family became the priority. Family was first, right? And I'm not even talking about extended family as it relates to my father, or my brother. I'm talking about my immediate family. Um, my wife and my new little girl were on the way. Um, I had just been in the real estate business for three years. So I was in the hustler phase of, of business where it's not really a business. The business is me, it's income and it's a lot of income. But at the end of the day, if I take my foot off the gas, um, the business stops. Right. And so I was, I can remember very, very clearly thinking to myself that I don't own a business. I own a job and that I was going to change that. And so I became very, very driven on time. Like I want to invest as much time as I can and collecting moments, not collecting crap, right? I was the guy before collected the cars and the houses and all the other stuff, and none of that stuff matters to me anymore. I'm, I'm in the business of collecting moments. I want to make sure that the time that I get with the people that matter actually means something. And so I set out to build my businesses with time and family right at the, at the forefront of everything we do. I mean, you can see it on the sign behind me. For those of you that, are, that can't see it, there's a sign behind me that says the time is now you know, it's tattooed on my arm for God's sakes, right? I believe this with every fiber of my body that you get this moment and it's the, it's the only one you've got and you owe it to yourself to make the most of it. And you do not need to sit around and believe that success and life and all these other things are just something you're going to get to. You need to get to these things. Now there's an opportunity to create impact in the world or to create you know, moments with your children or your wife or something, then you have to build and design a business and a life that allow those things to happen. If you back yourself into a corner, as so many business owners do, it is, it's cliche. It's, you know, it's the norm. It's not the exception that so many people become a slave to their business um, because they've never embraced the idea of what's really valuable. And that's time. If time is what's really valuable, then you have to find all the leverage points that allow you to create more of it. And so that's what I, that's the biggest takeaway that I've, that I took out of that entire experience is that I'm never going to allow myself ever to uh, waste a moment and not try to collapse time and create time at every opportunity. So how you've gone about doing that in this sort of second phase and of your business and your entrepreneurial journey? Well, you have to, like I said, you have to embrace leverage, right? And so a lot of people hold on to um, not, they hold on to a business so tight that they're afraid to put systems in place, processes, people, automation, things that, that seem like hard pills to swallow coming out, of the, coming out of the gate, whether that is financial or whether that is investments in time, whatever the case may be. People, for one reason or another, entrepreneurs have a tendency to, to hold on to something. Uh, they hold on to good and, and forget about great. 
And what greatness comes from owning your own time. Freedom comes from owning your own time. Possibilities come from owning your own time. You cannot do that without leverage. And so you have to immediately, I had a mentor shared me a long time ago, your job now becomes to fire yourself as often as possible. And I've never forgotten that. My job inside of my business is to fire myself at every opportunity. I want to create options. What can, I, what can I get off my plate to do that I have the option of doing, but I don't have, I don't have, the business does not require me to do it. And there's a big difference there. And that kind of mental shift is really big in the game. And it's really, it's, it's played a pivotal part in my journey is that I, I'm, I want to create as many options as I can, right? And that means that if we have to bite the bullet and invest in new systems and hardware and software that it's going to, allow us to get results quicker, right? Get us to the outcome faster than I'm willing to do that. If we need to hire staff and hire, you know, executive teams and middle managers to come in here and kind of run the business that allows me to kind of step back and give me the option of playing in the business, but not necessarily having to, I'm all all in on that. You know, as far as I'm concerned at this point in my life, and it's been way this way for quite a long time, is that the most valuable asset I have is an hour of my day. And to me, it's priceless. You know, if I was in my last 168 hours, you know, and you came to me and said, Ken, I want to buy an hour of your time. Clearly that hour would not be for sale. Right. I would never sell it to you. It's priceless. And so the reality of it is, is that I have no idea if I'm in my last 168 hours right now. (laughs) And so if I have something right now that is priceless, an hour of my time, then my job is to go find ways that I can buy those hours back for anything less than priceless. Mm. No, I can pay somebody $18 an hour to do that job. I can pay somebody $25. Anything less than priceless is a bargain as far as I'm concerned. Right. I hear a lot of, you know, impact on the world, but I also hear a lot of being present. It sounds like you've, you've come a long way of trying to be present in what you do from a day in, day out, whether it be your family or the business and intentional about that, because without that intention, and so many business owners are just like, oh, I'm, if, once I get here, I'm going to be good. Or once I get there, I'm going to be good. And they spend so much time in the future and never in the now. What, any comment on that? I just, I just noticed that in the industry you're speaking. Yeah, no, no, no. I think it's a very, very, you know, uh, I think you're, you're dead on. And I think that most, most um, business owners, like I said, it, it is a, it is, this is a very, uh, um, you know, seductive lover business, right? <laughs> yes. It, it, it pulls you in. And you get seduced by the money, you get seduced by the ego, the pride, the recognition, the adoration, all these different things. And the reality of it is, is that, you know, you can fall in love with that, all, all of the wrong elements of it and forget about what really matters. Why are you really doing what you're doing? And so taking a step back and understanding what, what is the business designed to do for me personally? And I think most people, I believe, most people that I work with, when they actually take that moment and they decide what they want it to look like, they quickly become uh, very decisive and to your point, very intentional in the actions they take every day. You know, I'll share this with you. It's an analogy I've used before, but it, it, I just find it to be extremely true is that if you think about it, but we, we, if you and I were, were going to meet somewhere um, and I said, all right, man, you know, I'll meet you in LA, Let's meet at this address. The very first thing I would do when I got into my car is I would type the address and type some type of navigation system, right? Mm-hmm. GPS. And it would guide me, turn my turn all the way there. Starting with the end in mind. If my wife calls me 
tonight and says, Kent, on the way home, will you stop by the grocery store and grab a few things? I'm not going to just stop with that comment. I'm literally going to ask her, tell me exactly what you want. In fact, be more specific. Can you take a picture of the item out of the pantry that you want me to get? Because I want to be correct. What I wouldn't do in either one of those cases is I certainly wouldn't walk up and down the grocery store and go buy 50 random items and come in to the house and dump them all on the kitchen table and say, is any of this stuff what you want? Or I, or would, I certainly wouldn't just drive around LA and say, well, I, you know, I'll just look and you know, maybe I'll see you on the street and I'll recognize you. But people do that all the time with the biggest decision in the world, which is what do you want your life to look like? What do you want your right. business to look like? Right, so these little decisions every single day we, we get very, very specific and we say, hey, this is exactly what we want the outcome to be. But when it comes to the biggest decision in the world, what do you want your business to look like? What do you want your life to look like? What do you want, you know, starting with the end of mind, most people, I would, I would, I would say upwards of 90% have never actually taken the time for that one thing. And the reason why I'm intentional is because I've done that. Got it. What advice do you give to the people out there who maybe not necessarily know what they want? They're starting their entrepreneurial journey. Rewind to when you're 30, when you had it all, right? You had the fame, you had the accolades, you had the wealth, and it went away. So they, at 30, you were at a space at 30 where people only dream of, right? So what advice do you have now you've been two times around the block that you give to bestow upon someone just starting out? Sit down and lay out, well, here's a couple exercises I would tell people to do. Number one, I would sit down and write out what, you, what your perfect day is. In other words, if geography, circumstances, finances, you know, family, friends, if none of that was a uh, hindering fact whatsoever, none of that played any kind of impact. If you could do anything you wanted to do, like Groundhog Day, like the movie, you can live any life you wanted to live the exact same perfect day. And I'm not, I didn't say mediocre day. I didn't say average day. You can live the exact same day over and over. What does perfection look like? That's a really good place to start, right? Because life is meant to be lived. And if you can create that perfection, if you can clearly wrap your mind around, man, if I could, if I could hang out with my friends or travel with my family or if I could, you know, whatever that is, whatever your thing is, I'll tell you what it won't be. Uh, I've never had anybody say in my perfect day, I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to go to work at 6am and I'm going to get home at 7pm and I'm going to miss my kids all day. That's not, you know, nobody does that. So, you know, your mind is extremely powerful. If you give it something to, to absorb and understand and visualize and understand this is what perfection looks like. That's a really powerful place to start. Another place that I would tell you to start, and both of these, by the way, were shared with me by mentors, is the, the same, you know, a, a offshoot of what I said earlier. If you knew you only had seven days to live on this planet, 168 hours, what would you do? And be very visual. What would you do? You know, I would uh, call my friends or I would record videos for my, my kids and my grandkids and my great grandkids so they knew who I was and what I stand for and what I stand against. And, you know, why, you know, I would do all these things. You know, what would I do? Because that's what you should be trying to do now. Create that right? Create the, the, where that can become a reality for you. And if your business isn't on a path to creating that, well, there's the gap. Here's where I am. This is what perfection looks like. And right in the middle is where all the magic happens. How can I start creating a situation where I can live my perfect day? And I can tell you, those are really, really powerful places to uh, start because again, your business 
certainly has requirements. And there are certainly things and functions that have to happen every day. Um, if they all are relying on you and you're looking for freedom, well, clearly you don't have freedom. So now there's the gap. How do I start correcting this where I can create the outcome I'm looking for, the income I'm looking for, the progress I'm looking for, the notoriety, whatever it is. How can I create that outcome without me necessarily having it, the entire business dependent on me? What are the levers that I can start pulling or the, the rooms I can start getting into, the relationships I need? You know, whatever it is, there's always actions that you can start be taking. But if you don't understand where you're trying to get to, it's really hard to, to create a remedy to get there. No, I love it. I think that's so important. Being good. But go back to being intentional about your direction in which your business is going for. So, Kent, tell us what the business looks like today and what does your day-to-day look like in your ideal world now that you've come, you know, I assume you're in your early 40s and you're coming, you've done a couple of times around the block. Well, I appreciate the compliment, but I just turned 50. Um, <laughs> well, mate, you're looking great. Looking to keep me keeping fit. <laughs> so I can tell you that, you know, I have a, um, our, our investment company, I, I have uh, literally nothing to do with my brothers and my father run that company. I kind of sit on the board and, and help them out. So, but I, and I get paid out of that company a dividend, but every, every, all the day-to-day transactions that happen inside of that company, those were not a part of my perfect day. That was not something that I wanted to, that's not something I was necessarily passionate about, the flipping of the houses. I became really, really passionate about helping other people to achieve results. And so I built real estate worldwide, uh, kind of out of this exercise back in 2006. I started the company. Uh, and now we have a, we basically have two divisions of our company. We have our coaching and mastermind, the boardroom coach, you know, coaches real estate investors and, and helps real estate investors achieve their results. And then we have our software company, which uh, basically has about 20,000 people from around the country that use it uh, uh, and all the training programs that are inside of there to help them achieve results as well. And the two kind of play very, very nicely together. My day to day is, you know, I get up, I work out in the gym every morning. I meditate every morning. I spend time with my daughters every morning. I try to get to the office somewhere between, you know, 8.30 and 9 a.m. I definitely don't wake up with an alarm clock every day. And when I walk in the day, my day is planned out to the minute. Um, I'm very intentional with my time. Uh, My team knows that I'm not to be uh, disturbed with any uh, emails or texts or anything for the first two hours of the morning because I'm not in the business of putting out fires. I want to be, I have people to do that for me. I want to be in the business of being in control. So, uh, you know, my, we schedule my day in about 15 minute increments, but my day is highly time blocked, right? So where I get the opportunity to focus on the software company, I get to focus on our community projects. I get to focus on our coaching business. I get to focus on our growth. I get to focus on our investment company. We own a couple of hedge funds as well now. Um, and you know, things that really, really interest me, everything is time blocked and quickly put it, you know, not quickly, but it's put into my day as best as humanly possible. Now, is it perfect? Far from it. Far from it. I mean, we still have meetings that run over. We still have things that get in the way, of course. But I try to be as intentional as I possibly can with my day, uh, including, you know, making sure that my daughters come up here to the office and we have lunch and we hang out and we do what they want to do and then go home and do the exact same thing. I try to spend a lot of time um, with my kids because they won't always be here. Uh, travel, do my wife and I do a lot of traveling uh, and do a lot of traveling with our kids. And again, as I told you earlier, kind of collecting moments, not collecting crap. So, you know, I like to think that uh, I've gotten a lot better at it. Uh, as I've gotten older, I'm very, you know, very, very, you said it earlier. I'm very, very lucky. I got a second lease on life. 
And I've tried to be very aware of that and don't allow the business or anything else to get in the way of it. The business is here to serve hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people out there, but ultimately it's there to serve me. Um, I'm not there to, you know, get, become a slave to the business where I somehow feel like I, I'm, I'm not in control. There are highly, highly educated people all around me and we invest in them and invest in our teams to make sure that we're putting our best foot forward, but it's not, doesn't always hinge on Kent Clothier having to do it all. I love it. Absolutely love it. I think it's incredibly important. Don't become a slave to your business. I think it's super important. So I guess the question for you now being 50, uh, what does the next 10 years hold, hold for you? Well, you know, I, I have, um, I love what I do, you know, and I would, I would love to sit here. I shouldn't say I would love, but it would be, it would be very cliche for me to sit here and say something to the effect of, um, you know, I'm building this thing and I'm going to, retire from it or anything. You know, the reality of it is, is I've designed something that really serves me. And I'm really, I'm, I'm very, I get a lot of joy, a lot of fulfillment out of being able to unlock what somebody has inside of them. Probably very much like, like you do. When I, when I'm around somebody and I understand kind of what's going on in their head and I can help them connect dots very quickly and help them achieve their own entrepreneurial journey. That's really exciting for me. Mm. Uh, really exciting for me to do that. It's really exciting for me to, to be able to create impact, you know, around the world and to whether that is through dollars or time to be able to know that, you know, look, I, I live in some form of fear of relevance, right? I want to make sure that the very limited amount of time that I have here, that I've done everything I can to matter. And that is something that, you know, I'm extremely painfully aware of that I just do not believe that there's a moment that can be wasted. If there's an opportunity to do something to create impact in others, then, then, you know, I definitely want to be a man of contribution for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome, mate. We're coming to the end of the show here. I want to quickly dive into your book for the last five minutes of the interview. So tell us about the new book. This shit works. Love the title. Love, love a good, uh, love a good curse word being Australian. Tell me a little bit more about it. What was the impetus to, to, to write this book? Well, I mean, we've talked a lot about it. My journey has been, been uh, a lot, right? It's been, you know, I, I talked about that, but I've had a couple of other really profound experiences in my life, having my mentor pass a uh, very, very wealthy man. And, and as I was holding his hand and he passed away, him, you know, sharing with me that he just wished he had more time. And so that had a really hard, um, you know, profound impact on me that somebody who was so wealthy his money couldn't buy him the only thing that he wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Which, which was time, you know? And then my wife and I were in a pretty crazy um, plane. It wasn't actually ended up being a plane accident, but we were told, you know, we were on a plane that, w- that had to make a crash landing or uh, wow. uh, an, emergen- an emergency landing, I should say, better than that. Plane that filled with smoke and we were told to brace for impact and effectively, and the, the challenging part of that is I was uh, sitting apart, several rows apart from her and my daughter. And so, having to kind of embrace my mortality in that meeting and or in that moment was really, really impactful. And so I share a lot of those stories and how, you know, time's not on any of our side. And so I tried to not only share my journey and share my stories, but turn around and put it into real relevant terms. Like here is a blueprint. Here is something that if you want to go start a business right now, here are three very strategic ways whether you want to do something very passively and create income for yourself, or you want to do something very actively. You want to just get away from your nine to five. Here's three things 
that I've been able to do inside of my life. Here's the exact blueprint on, on how to follow it, paint by numbers. Here's all the tools, all the resources, everything you need to go just do what I've done. I'm not, I am not, uh, you know, I barely graduated from high school and never went to college. I'm not, I'm not some kind of phenomenon out there by any stretch. I'm just an entrepreneur from the very beginning. And I wanted to share that wisdom, wanted to share those experiences and wanted to kind of help rattle everybody's cage. And, you know, I speak in very real, raw, authentic terms. I'm not afraid of, of, you know, punching somebody in the face and telling them this is exactly what it is. And so therefore the title kind of expresses that, right? I, if you need somebody to kind of, um, sugarcoat it and pat you on the ass and tell you, you know, everything's going to be okay and sit around in a circle with you and sing Kumbaya, I'm probably not your guy. But if you need somebody that's willing to, um, you know, lay it on the line with you and show you exactly what it's going to take and want to be honest with you and upfront, you know, I think this book will create, you know, will have a big impact on you. Awesome. And where can people uh, get their hands on it? Uh, you can go to grabs, <laughs> grabs, grabkentsbook.com and that'll just take you straight to the Amazon uh, site there. I would love for people to go grab it and it's available hard cover, you know, uh, paperback or on Kindle. And I would love even more of you guys after you read it, just give me a review. Let me know what you think. I love reading them. Awesome. Awesome, mate. Well, look, I want to thank you for jumping on the show today. I want to summarize some of the things that I definitely took away today. I want, firstly, I want to thank you for being your, your vulnerability that you brought to the show. I think it's hugely impactful on the audience. When you can be vulnerable, you're speaking from a place of authority that you've gone through some really tough times in your life and it's absolutely changed you to your core. And I can see it today. And you, I want to say a softer side, but had to realize things needed to change. Otherwise, you're going to end up in a pretty bad spot, which you ultimately ended up doing. Uh, I just love what you're saying about don't be a slave to your business. And you are leading with intention on the fact that time is the most powerful thing we all have. And if you're backing yourself into a business that just creates a job, then what the hell are you doing? Because you only live once and, 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 I personally gone through loss recently and that's changed the way I think about my entire business. We all go through things and whatever our journey is, but we have to always come back to being intentional. And I love what you said about making sure that you're the last seven days on earth, what does that look like? And what does your business look like to, to, to help you live those last seven days to the most f- fullest potential? So all yeah. that has been you know, what I've taken away from it. Did, did I leave anything out? No, that's great, man. I think you summarized it perfect. I'm glad I'm, I really appreciate you having me on here sharing some of this stuff and and um you know it's again it's been my pleasure awesome man look i want to thank you again for taking some time out of your day enjoy the rest of your week and we'll catch up very very soon take care brother see you mate